0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills.
1: The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is.
0: Learn more at meta.com slash impact.
1: Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better, too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.
2: Content warning for discussions of violence against trans people and also violence perpetrated by cops. Underneath. Oh, How are you doing today?
3: I'm doing good. I worked out, had a nice little meal. Roommate got scammed out of $900. (laughs) I can't believe she gave $900 in gift cards to a bank. That's I I don't want to go too deep into it because I've been scammed before and that fucking sucks. But like, honey, come on. That's a lot.
2: Yeah. That is. Also, who has $900? That story was actually left me kind of speechless. (laughs) And Who has nine hundred dollars? To be honest, I mean it's not it's not an easy amount of money to come by. No, certainly, just give it. Oh, ah. I, yeah. I we can't talk about the details, but that story just blew my mind a little bit. <laughs>
3: We've all been scammed. One time, the Mac people, like on my computer, it went and it froze up. And Mm -hmm. they said, you got to give us money to unfreeze it. And I was like, oh, I was so scared. So I gave them 20 bucks. Yeah. And then because they thrive off of fear. Right. Of, oh, this thing I need to depend on. panic. Isn't working. And I'm panicked. And if you just give me money, I'll fix it.
2: At least it was only 20 bucks.
3: 20 bucks is all I had. Uh, It wasn't $900.
2: Speaking of which, I did want to throw out there today... um, Last Podcast Network is uh compromised and we are going to probably need everyone listening to send um some money from their account. <laughs> if you just want to In gift cards. To our in our gift cards. Uh our P.O. box right. is what's our PO box? 216 mm-hmm.
3: 470. Wait, yeah. North Hollywood, California. Yep. P.O. box four seven zero nine one six zero three. Yeah,
2: if you could just if you want shows like I don't know what else to tell you, we really need your help right now. Yeah. Um yeah. Just <laughs> so just guys, gift cards so... or just like love letters. Yeah, you can just send us nice things too. Yeah. Just tell us that we're pretty. <laughs> I'll yeah. accept that also. Write us a
3: handwritten letter saying we're pretty. <laughs> 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 like it's
2: 1802. Yes. I think that'd be kinda nice. I think so too. Or scary. it might be scary. Right. It might be scary. I love your eyes. <laughs> I can see them right now. I'm looking at you as I write this. welcome um, to Sunblades Underneath. I'm, Natalie Jean. I'm Amber Nelson. Please don't send us money. I was kidding.
3: No, no, no. Keep your money.
2: And don't ever don't give anybody money on who calls you. Nobody who is actually a real thing, person, entity that you owe money to is going to say, send me gift cards. Especially a bank?
3: They own everything. <gasps> they
2: own the gift cards. Man. It's a lot. I'm, I'm reeling. Sorry I flabbergasted you. No, it's all good. Um. Speaking of being flabbergasted. We were talking about this case last week, and I wanted to go a little bit further into it because...
3: Oh, yeah, this is wild. This is a
2: thing that really affects all of us, and we're not dealing with it. And thankfully, because of people like Emmett and Emmett's friends and family, this is gaining traction. But this is still a huge problem that we're not um, addressing with a lot of people's uh, real experienced uh, tra- traumas and, and abuse, like in these right. situations, and um,
3: and even if you think, "Oh, I'm cis," it won't affect me. Yes, mm-hmm. it will. Remember that little girl at the game who yep. had short hair, so they thought she was a boy, and some guy was like, "That's a man on the girls' field." Like, yep. it will affect everybody.
2: It will, and beyond it being a trans issue, which is, this definitely is, um, this is a just a clear cut case of police intimidation of somebody they didn't even know was trans, and then they ended up. Uh, Discriminating against them later for being trans on top of the thing that they already did. Right. Um, So yeah, am I over invested in this case? Probably. I don't know Emmett at all, but I I am really mad. And we should care. And it does affect everybody. We should all want police to be held accountable. And if you are a member of law and are happening to be listening to this, shouldn't you want this sort of thing to not happen and for you to not be associated with this kind of behavior?
3: Right. It's the same reason why if you have... um police, like if you're a fake person with a wee wee the red and blue, mm-hmm. you can go to bad time jail because mm-hmm. you're pretending to be a cop because, you know, if you're getting pulled over, say you're drunk driving, mm-hmm. that affects everybody, right? Yeah. Um, and if somebody goes and they're fakey going wee wee to come pull over and they come and stab you, yeah, this is, you know, don't you want to have like a legitimate name
2: behind yourself right and and don't you it, I mean I personally am at the point where I do think it needs completely disbanded because of the things we're going to talk about in this episode but as that probably won't happen anytime soon and you work within like law or police don't you want to not be associated with kinds of people who do this kind of shit by like just being pissed so they beat the shit out of somebody who didn't do anything uh, other than give somebody the finger, which uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's a third grade move to give somebody the finger, but that's not a third grade reaction to it. Um and, you know, if you do condone this kind of behavior in your police officer, why are you listening to this show? <laughs> right in, because I'm curious. What's the—the cross-section seems weird.
3: Right. PO Box 470
2: <laughs> Also, please get some help if you think that this is um, effective police work. Or you're in it because you want to beat up people randomly. God, therapy. Go on a hike. Do something. I, I don't know what you need to do. Put on a, a dress. Stop wearing— I don't know, quit pretending you like sports if you don't, you know, something. Just like give it a shot. I don't know. So when we last left off, Emmett had been arrested after a roughly three-minute struggle with Deputy Joseph Benza third, And we are picking up on what happened next and in the hours that followed. Last week, we listened to that awful audio captured that was a combination of Benza's body cam footage and the 7-Eleven's security camera where this was all taking place. We're going to talk about what was said during that tackle in a bit and in the immediate aftermath of the incident after Emmett is hauled up and handcuffed by Benza. So he's taken over to his deputy's vehicle and searched after they do this tussle on the ground, and finally, Benza handcuffs Emmett after screaming for him to um, put his hands behind his back when he literally physically couldn't. And Emmett screaming over and over, "I can't! You're you're on! I'm on top of my hands! You're crushing my hand! I can't put them behind my back!" Eventually, after a bunch of beating. <laughs> He handcuffs Emmett and they walk over to Benza's car where he does the thing where he puts puts, his body against the cop car and he does the pat down search thing, right? And then during – that's about a two-minute process. During those two-ish minutes where he is searching all through Emmett's clothes, two more cop SUVs fly in and three cops in those cars arrive to help As Emmett sits in the back of the deputy's car, so he's finished searching Emmett, Emmett gets pushed into the back seat of the the deputy's car. The four cops then sort of amble around in the parking lot talking to each other. I can only find the body cam footage for the moments after that. But it's clear that what sounds like two more cop cars, at least one, but I think two, show up and at least two more cops arrive. So... This is all within, you know, minutes of him stopping Emmett. And now we're kind of using the only footage we have access to right now, which is body cam footage from whenever Benza initially shows up. Then it cuts to the 7-Eleven footage because once the tussle starts, you can't see anything on the body cam footage anymore. Right. And then to the immediate aftermath of whenever he pulls Emmett over to the car and these other cops show up. So we're back to the body cam footage then. So in the background also of this body cam footage that is in the immediate aftermath, you can see a police helicopter hovering over the 7-Eleven. From the time Benza exited his vehicle... To stop Emmett until the six cops are circling the parking lot looking for something to do with the helicopter flying over takes less than eight minutes. For real? Yes. It's almost unfathomable how it's even possible a copter got there that quickly other than we spend billions on resources for police to swarm a kid for giving the finger. So it makes me a little angry. Um, it, It was like a full... It looked like there was a shooting, like, fight going on, the way that it's being responded to. I also forgot to mention last week that the body cam footage shows Benza pulling into the Seven Eleven at 12.27 p.m. So this is right after lunchtime, right after Emmett had left his, his teaching job. And Emmett says that Benza had begun following him that day at around noon. Oh, so that's like almost half an hour of... Oh, that's so scary. Yeah. That means that Benzo was following him and intimidating him for almost 30 minutes prior to this pulling into the 7-Eleven yeah. And he called
3: lot. 911 to be like, what do I do? Yeah. And they're like, we don't
2: know. They basically said, what is it that you want us to do? Um, not helpful in that situation. Also, another note that um, I wanted to mention quickly is that, so after this was all going down, he was following Emmett around for 30 minutes almost. Um he pulls but Emmett pulls into the parking lot Benza pulls in behind him and this is all captured on the 711 security footage you can see his cop lights are not on at all yeah so this again completely is what Emmett was saying the whole time and it is not what the deputy claimed was happening I
3: bet they're so mad that 711
2: had their cameras running probably um so He then, as he stops behind blocking Emmett's car, Benza flicks on some tiny non-flashing lights on the top of his car. They're tiny. I I had to, like, look to see them as he exits. So beyond being completely unhinged behavior of following Emmett around for 30 minutes, had he already called for backup while he was driving— Trying to follow Emmett. What was he saying to the cops? Like what? I think that that's stuff that might come out in court, because as we'll talk about, this is going to go to court beyond just the charges they gave Emmett. Super weird. So, yeah, again, there are pieces of the broken up body camera footage available to the public, but not in its entirety. Is there a reason for that beyond that it's just not helpful to have it during the this struggle or is there a reason the cops are not like trying to reveal that? I don't know. Hopefully that will also be explained through the court system. After these six or seven officers bravely subdued the slender weaponless schoolteacher, uh, Emmett was transported to the Norwalk Sheriff Station lockup center after he was first – both he and the officer were taken to a nearby hospital to be examined because – I think more than anything, because they have to report all the injuries. Right. So, um, while, so while Emmett was giving the finger in Whittier, according to a lot of reports, the cop followed him all the way to Glendale. That's really far. Which is a pretty far drive. And it is possible in 30 minutes, but not during traffic for sure. Um, arrested him. Apparently, if this was in Glendale and the Seven Eleven was in Glendale, they arrested him in Glendale and then took him all the way back to the Norwalk station. And if it was Seven Eleven in Glendale, that's at least a 20-mile drive on the highway that the cop was following him. Like maybe I'm missing some facts here, but that's what's being reported right now. Also, maybe somebody is incorrectly saying Glendale and it wasn't. I don't know. I'm, I'm like a little bit hanging on this, but that's like a weird f- That's a weird note to me if that was true. That's a long-ass drive to follow a person. So even if he hadn't followed him all the way to Glendale, it's still a 30-minute fucking intimidation tactic. So Emmett gets taken to the station and that day is initially being booked with three felonies. What? His bail was set at $100,000. There's actual criminals out there. That's 100 grand, crazy. dude. A 100 grand bail? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me? When Emmett arrived. That's just him pulling out his dick, being like, what are you going to do? I mean, it's really hard not to see it like that. When Emmett arrived to the station, he had been beaten. He was bleeding and swollen. Benza had punched him eight times in the head <gasps> and given him a concussion, as well as kicking and crushing him. When he explained to the station that he was transgendered, and I question why he even had to reveal that. I'm not sure if he wanted to or not. One of the officers there said, quote, so you're a girl?
3: Uh, he probably had to do some
2: explaining at the hospital. Maybe. And then the cops got wary of it. It's confusing. And I, I mean, I don't want to speak for Emmett. I don't know. And I also can't speak as for trans people. But Emmett has been on testosterone for six years and has a penis, so I'm not sure why they need to even know he's transgender. And also, who
3: gives a shit?
2: Yeah, but the officer still acted... After Emmett went through the process of explaining that he had a penis, because... The cops obviously need to talk about that. Um, they still acted as though they were thoroughly confused by this. At this point, Emmett was subjected to being taken into the bathroom where he had to take his pants off and let a female officer examine his genitals.
3: That's humiliation.
2: Yeah. Um, they then booked him as a female anyway and put him in the women's cell. This is only something I can describe as intentional humiliation because they are are only two scenarios that I can see happening here. And maybe you can think of another scenario, but these are the two that come up to me. One, the group of people running these jail cells have never heard of a trans person. If this is the case, and they are living in 2023 and working with the public, how is that even possible? It's certainly not uh good why they've never even had like Somebody come talk to them about it. They are dealing with the public. I mean, in working one of the biggest cities in the world, how have they never come across a trans person? How? Or the other side is they fully knew how to handle the situation when he explained he was a trans man, and they chose to humiliate him further due to his giving the finger to Joseph Benza the third. So cruel.
3: And I'm sure him being put into a female prison, the other female like prisoners are probably like what the fuck it's
2: very confusing i i can't imagine them the female prisoners even being uncomfortable emmet is clearly a guy yeah like there's no ambiguity there um so yeah it doesn't make any sense for any any of anything involved and i guess it was all in the name of getting some lulls for the police i don't know it's it doesn't make any sense to me so then we come to the police report that benzo wrote up about the incident we only have snippets of it because it's not available to the public believe me i tried to go through every court record process that i could and i could not get a hold of it Um, so what's been released is mostly due to emmett's attorney thomas beck releasing it it was in this report that Emmett received, at whatever point he got his paperwork that day, that he found out the reason the cop was saying he pulled him over was because of the air freshener. Oh, of, fuck off. Yeah. And if you'll recall, we talked about this a little bit last week, Emmett was had no idea why he was being detained, except he knew he, knew he had done the finger thing, but he knew that was not illegal. And so... He was not getting an answer about any of it. And so he had to see the paperwork to see that the cop had pulled him over uh, because of the air freshener. Uh, Illegally, of course, with no lights, he didn't he didn't follow any procedures for pulling somebody over. But that was his claim.
3: God, yeah, at least just pull me over. Let's figure I'll pay the ticket.
2: It is. I'll take the air freshener off. It is so bizarre because he could have just done that. Why didn't he just pull him over normally? And just fuck with him that way. It's bully. Bully mentality. It is. It, 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 it would still be technically bully mentality if he followed Emmett and then pulled him over for the air freshener and gave him a ticket. But technically not illegal. Why did he do it this way? I guess just because he wanted to hit him. I don't know. Why? <laughs> this doesn't make any sense to me. And keep in mind, this is a
3: guy who was intimidating a woman
2: yeah on the side of the road so he's already that's the whole reason Emmett claims that he gave him the finger was because he was watching him scream at a black woman who was on the side of the road and again you can argue all day whether or not you think he should have given him the finger not illegal he's allowed to do that if he wants to um
3: isn't that very like 1776 of him you know what I mean that's don't tread it on the like attitude a, sounds like
2: a patriot to me I don't know and then if you return to the audio, and it, I understand if you don't want to listen to it at all. I've listened to it like probably 30 times to this episode, and it's it's like very upsetting to continue to listen to it. But if you return to the audio of the assault, you can hear Emmett ask over and over again why he's being arrested during that entire scuffle. It's like, what's happening? Why? Why? And Benson never responds to him. Some of the other accusations of note in this police write-up. Benza says that he initiated a traffic stop due to the air freshener. This is provably false. The 911 call and the video of his car pulling behind Emmett, I imagine would be relevant in court to prove otherwise. Because as Emmett's making this call, there's no way that the cop car is following him with the lights and sirens on because you would hear it first off in the 911 call. It would be a huge scene. There would already be other cop cars showing up. He is driving around saying, This cop is just stalking me and I don't know what to do. And so the, the fact that Benza puts it in his report is that he initiated a traffic stop is not true. That's a lie. The, um, further, Benza states that
3: it appears that he was about to walk away from the car and myself. Vinza wrote as part of an 11 page incident report. His rejection of my traffic detention and his apparent intent to distance himself from his vehicle further raised safety concerns. I know from my training and experience that those who possess contraband items inside vehicles commonly attempt to disassociate themselves from their vehicles when law enforcement is
2: present. So let's break that down. No, if I had
3: drugs, I would like throw my car in a lake you know what I mean I'm not just gonna like pull into a 9-11
2: and walk out and I think what he's trying to suggest in that report is that oh if a guy if somebody's walking away from their car I know from my years of experience that they must have a gun I think contraband can also be weapons right Mm. I think that's what he's trying to say Um, But let's break it down a little bit. So first off, again, not a traffic attention. Um, Benza did not have safety concerns. Also, I don't believe for one second he was concerned for his life or safety in any way. The suggestion that he had to slam Emmett to the ground because walking towards the 7-Eleven doors meant that he, what, had a bomb Uh, is bullshit. Benza also says... And and for for the record, I understand in the heat of moment, I've never been a cop. I know that in those moments you have to make these snap decisions. Right. And you don't know who has a weapon and you got to be very on guard. Correct. In that case, you should be pulling over somebody. If you are so concerned, why didn't you just legally pull him over? (laughs) Why did you just pull up behind him? And then flip a little light on and then just start barreling towards him as he right. gets out of his car. Because
3: say he did have a bomb on him. what? Do you, and he goes into a 7 Like, you're just going to let him go into a Seven 11
2: You're just going to follow behind him for 30 minutes with all your lights on and then, like, walk towards him with no backup? So many... Fu- I mean, this, this is such a clear lie. But anyway, Benza also says that Emmett, quote cocked his right
3: hand back into a fist, indicative of someone about to throw a punch.
2: Now, like I said, I've watched this footage a lot. There is a moment that, if you watch it in really slow motion, Emmett pulls his arm back. But the thing is, is that Benza has his other half of the body, and what it looks like to me is that he's trying to yank himself away like this, Mm -hmm. which... You could use as an excuse to say, well, that could have become a punch. There was no indication that he was going in for a strike. It looks only like Emmett is trying to back away from a stranger grabbing his arm. Like there's it's such bullshit. Again, I don't believe for a second he was worried about Emmett beating him up. I don't. I saw a video years ago
3: of this young lady. She's taking a jog down the street and then this cop grabbed her arm she was wearing headphones so she kind of jerked her arm away and that was enough for him to just body slam this like 19 year old girl to the ground
2: what what was his motivation for that I
3: don't know it was a a story like years ago I I should look back into it but he was behind her she had earphones on clearly a cord because it was before the like airless phones and he just grabs her and then she just pulls her arm away
2: so that's enough to just get body slammed That is a tiny girl. That is such entitlement that that's the kind of mentality that's so dangerous on a cop thinking that they're so heightened above other people that they they think that they can just touch whoever they want. Yeah. And not expect any consequences to it.
3: It's so scary. I remember I was in New York and like a couple cops, I was like obeying the law and they just started like talking to me. And I was really scared, and then two more cops come, and I'm, like, kind of being half-circled, and I'm just kind of like, what the fuck? They were, like, flirting, but I'm scared. Mm-hmm. And I was like, tell him a guy friend this, and he said, uh, oh, you should have flirted back. And I'm like, they have guns, dude. Like, this isn't an equal footing. I'm not, like, at a bar. And if I was at a bar and four guys cornered me, I would fucking yeah, leave. Yeah,
2: that's, in, that's, fl- that's intimidation. That's not flirting. <laughs> I mean, I know some people can't, they, those are synonymous words, but yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think I've said this on the show before, but I had a, that happened when I was like 19, 20, two cops where I was near where I was working. There was a big festival going on and they cornered me and like made jokes about needing my number and stuff. Oh. And um, I was really scared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they thought it was like hilarious and they were like laughing at me and stuff. It was cool um i'm sure those guys are doing great today though yep give him a raise give him a raise so then after like he wrote in this report that he was doing this because he was pretty sure emmett was about to punch him uh benza then says he felt that emmett was quote at the onset of attacking me which what does that mean (laughs) I see you preemptively beat him because you could tell he was going to beat you up. Makes complete sense. I could just get the sense. If only it worked that way for civilians. I feel as though you're going to fight me. So I'm going to go ahead and beat the shit out of you. Yeah. Because I think you're going to. That's what I feel like. I would go
3: to jail. In fact, a lot of women go to jail if they have like mace and things. So, right. like, bear mace is illegal, but that's like one of the few things I can use against attackers. Right. But if I used it and someone was attacking me, I go to jail.
2: Yeah. And certainly there's been many times where I f- feel pretty menaced by somebody, but if I had just gone in and attacked them because I was pretty sure they were going to do something weird to me, You'd go to jail. I would be arrested. Right. Um, okay. So then we need to get to this biting accusation. This is a whole big part of this case. Benza says that Emmett repeatedly attempted to bite him. Emmett denies this. His jaw was broken. He got a concussion. Or I saw his head slammed down. How can he bite someone like anyways? Well on top of that, Benza was examined post fight, like I said, by the medical professionals at this hospital, and that examination didn't find any bite marks. Beyond that, the injuries on Benza were directly attributed to him punching Emmett repeatedly. Then we have this moment in the audio. And again, I'm going to play this little clip. So content warning, this is it's quick, but just if you want to skip ahead like 20 seconds.
0: Stop! 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 Give me your arm! Stop! 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 I'm not a fight! Stop! You're
5: going to kill me! You're going to fucking kill me! Help! Help! I'm Okay, put behind your back! I can't! You have my hands! Move your arms behind
2: your you back! You have my hands, Move, your arms, your, you my
3: hands, Move your arms behind your back! Oh, my God. He says he's going to fucking kill me.
2: And he says, bite me again or something? Yeah, so that's what I hear. To me, what that sounds like is Benza saying, bite me again. And Emmett's saying, I'm not biting you. It could be fight me again. But I do wonder if this was something Benza decided to say so that his body cam footage would pick the audio of that up Oh, because he knew at that point the video would be unable to really pick up the visuals of what was happening. And if somebody were to want to have a reason to be punching somebody, if you said on audio, stop biting me, um, that would be justification in the cop world um legally. Maybe he
3: was thinking about that in the 30 minute drive.
2: Yeah. Also, I mean, if this guy has already been forceful with other people, he might know how well and we'll talk a little bit more about the cop gangs. He might know the correct words to say to not to get out of um trouble basically. Yeah. So You know, people also, including Emmett's attorney, have also pointed out that at no time does Emmett stop shouting. So how could he have possibly been biting somebody? He's screaming the whole time, the whole time, even as he's saying, bite me again. He's saying, help, help, help. He's not stopping talking. So that doesn't make any sense. And Emmett adamantly denies ever biting him. Again, they found no bite marks on him at all. As soon as he was examined by the uh, hospital Benza then admits to punching in his report, punching Emmett eight times. That's obviously something that he would have a hard time denying. And so the justification for punching occurs if somebody is biting a cop. You are allowed to then hit them. So, right.
3: Because that's also, what do you call it? Like if I spit in someone's face, mm-hmm. that's, um, what's the
2: term for that? I don't know, but it is like, It is it could cause like viral, viral warfare. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, then so he admits in this report of punching Emmett. So if Emmett wasn't biting, that would perhaps be a problem for Benza. Right. And then he puts this in his report. My punches had their intended effect. So (sighs) what a strange thing to write. Maybe that's cop speak. But so putting this in the report feels a little bit like a self-tell to me. He probably would justify him writing this in the report by saying that he meant he got Emma to stop biting. However, I think what he really means is that the, the punching helped his pee-pee feel a little bit better. His punches had their intended effect. Um, so, you know, his penis maybe said, you're a real man, Joey. Good job. <laughs> I imagine his penis hole saying it.
3: Right? Is his penis like some 1920s tax collector? That's yeah, what
2: they that said. Fuck like. you! See, <laughs> yeah. all the ladies want to kiss you. <laughs> um, yeah. La Times reporting goes on to mention that Benza never brings up that Emmett was screaming or saying he couldn't breathe. Well, and he put all this other stuff in the report. Didn't mention anything about anything Emmett was doing or saying in that moment. Wow. He does, however, to he makes sure to write in this report that. The alleged clawing Emmett was doing to Benza's hand could have resulted in Benza having a permanent injury. So he definitely victimizes himself in this report, of course, which is a wild way to describe that he was punching Emmett so hard that he fractured his own hand because that's what happened. All of his injuries that were listed in the hospital report are based on how hard he was punching Emmett. So he had scraped knuckles. He fractured his hand from it is a, quote, punching injury. But in his report, he wrote it as if I his head was so hard, he could have hurt me uh, forever. Do you know how hard you have to punch somebody to like fracture your hand like that? I mean, it definitely takes some passion. Fuck.
3: A paramedic's report from the scene did not mention any bite marks. And when Benza went to the hospital later, the emergency room report noted that he told them the bite hadn't broken the skin and there was no bleeding. A physician's assistant wrote
2: that there were, quote, no bite marks at this time. So, on the other hand, Emmett had a resulting concussion. (laughs) But that first day... Emmett stays in jail for the remainder of that day until the evening until his family and girlfriend managed to get together enough money to bail him out. And as his bail was set at one hundred thousand dollars, I presume they had to pull together ten fucking thousand dollars to get him released from a cell because typically it's 10 percent you need to provide that day. Ten thousand dollars. His family had to get together to get him out of jail. My God. Do they have to send coupons? Not coupons. Sorry. <laughs> gifts,
3: gifts. gift cards. cards. Do they have some gift cards? Gift cards.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds like a scam to me. Yeah.
3: What even is this?
2: So, I don't know what I don't understand what bail is. Bail is basically saying that if you're poor, you can't get out of jail. Cool. Yeah. So at the time this was all happening on February 10th. On top of the bail, like I said, he was facing three felonies for uh Causing serious injury to a deputy, resisting arrest, and failing to obey a lawful order. So he was facing felonies for what the cop did to him? I mean, kind of. It's like, why are you making me hit you? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Why are you making me do this to you? Um, Three felonies. I mean, that's like jail time. So eventually... After a kerfuffle and a dust up because of Emmett having to deal with it, the felonies were dropped. But it really was not before this massive traumatic ordeal. And he's still facing misdemeanors. And we'll talk about what his attorney's planning. But it's not immediately clear when this complaint was first brought up by Emmett or exactly when his attorney came on. But while this happened in February, Thomas Beck was involved by March. So within a month. I I think that Brock family was pretty pissed. And hey, since the cops already ensured that uh, Emmett didn't have a job anymore, which we'll talk about. Oh, because he got him fired. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Uh, He's got plenty of time to work on this case. So great job to all 'all. y'all. Emmett's attorney just released the footage and some details about this story at the end of July. So even though they've been working on this since March, this is all now coming to the news outlets and stuff. So this, like, request to investigate Benza, this is on top of there's a normal procedure, I guess, that occurs any time an officer uses force. So regardless if uh, a person who was arrested makes a complaint, the, they have to go through this process of, like, the Benza made this report up and then all of these other sheriffs and shit have to, like, look at the report and go, like, sounds like you're pretty fucking cool, man. Um, I can't imagine very often that sheriff's review actually causes anything, like any sort of repercussions for anything a sheriff, because it's like sheriffs investigating sheriffs. Um, so they were going to do that anyway. So they have that normal procedure. And you know, what could go wrong there? Um, but then the attorney for Emmett then wrote this thing in March saying, we need you to request we need you to investigate this on a bigger scale. Um because this, this like colleague to colleague review is also often dependent upon whatever the cop claims happened. So, in this like internal review thing, this process that they have, even with body camera footage, you can't always see everything happening, especially when force is applied. And then you get instances like having to go off of police statements, both in the moment and on paper. So, the things we were just reading off that Benza said happened. That's what the cops are reviewing. They're reviewing the co- what Benz is telling them. Oh, happened. stop biting
3: me. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So. Anyway, Benzo's report was reviewed by several sheriff to, sheriffs, and they all agreed he was totally kick ass and women all want to kiss him. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, once M lawyered up, they were like, oh, I guess. Well, yeah, we'll look into this again. Actually, they didn't respond to that first letter in March. They and Then they the attorney wrote a second letter in April and then they said, OK, okay we'll check it out. Oh, we'll they're deliberately it delaying it so they can run out of funds. I mean, I think they're just well, they think they can blow it off. Right. And, and this is the part that like media and journalism and social media is kind of important because it does take people being upset for anything to happen.
0: VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
5: Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then there are moments that remind us to be more human,
4: Thank you for calling Amika Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of.
5: At Amika, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amika. Empathy is our best policy.
1: Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day, or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs
2: This is where my queries began about the cop gang situation. It was something I would heard about plenty of times but never really looked further into. We had dealt with the idea of police corruption in the search for Shelley Miscavige. When, and when that proved to be an incredibly true thing that was happening, Amber, if you'll remember when we were talking about the disappearance and Leah Remini had— Re- re- uh, requested a wellness check on her in 2013 or something like that. 20, I forget what year it was. Um, the cops did that thing where they went, We looked and she said she was fine. Mm. And us, along with many other people, w- said, This seems like something that maybe Scientology potentially could have been paying cops off to say. Um, and she's still alive, right? Well, we she don't know. She was found. Well, we don't know.
3: Okay. I thought I saw some report that was like, we saw her. Uh, But it could have been one of those I spy tabloid things. Not
2: really. There have been individual reports of people saying they've seen her. And then the cops said they saw her in that wellness check. But uh, that's probably not really what happened. Um, And we're just finding this out in the last couple months. So... We brought this up briefly before, but the retired cop, Corey Palka, is now facing criminal charges for many things while he was working at the the LASD, but probably most notably for helping sex pervert Les Moonves um, get away with stuff. Who's that? uh, He's a TV man. TV man. Yeah. So this guy, Corey Palka was basically in the pocket of a lot of Hollywood people, but also, it turns out, in Scientology's pocket. So he was getting paid off for a lot of things, and he was directly related to that wellness check on Shelley. So he was getting paid off. That's been found, and now they're investigating, like, what sort of things could he have manipulated while he was getting paid off, basically.
3: It's so scary because if you don't have this money, again, with the bail, whatever the hell that is, I mean, it's really just cops are for rich people. Yeah. They're just tools for the rich. That's it. Yes. Sorry, I'm just now coming to that conclusion. <laughs> and I know that's something everybody always knew. No, I'm a no, little behind. You're not behind. Um, I mean, I don't have $100,000. I don't have hush money.
2: I don't have money. But also, you're not committing a bunch of like, you're not also committing a bunch of sex crimes, so.
3: Right. But I mean, That's who knows? also good. Maybe you will in the future. <laughs> Maybe I will. You know, it's, it's another day.
2: <laughs> um... When all of that Corey Palka stuff came out just a few months back, uh, it did make me kind of question if there was any chance he was being used a little bit as a scapegoat because he wasn't immediately linked to a cop gang. Like, yes, he definitely did these things. But was he a distraction to show media, look, we're taking care of the problem. No more problems. See, this guy did all of it. Don't worry about it anymore. Um that's just something my mind was, like, circling on, and there's no evidence of that. But, man, every episode we do, there's, like, four other subjects that come become clear that I want to yeah. cover. And I really want to do a full episode on cop gangs. Is that dumb? No. Do you guys want not want to hear about it, uh, uh, listening? I do think it's really important to the status of missing cases, actually. Like, I think cop gangs and their corruption have a lot to do with not finding people. I mean, we might get a few knocks on our door, but,
3: you know, I don't have any kids. I don't have a husband. I Kill mean, me. They're <laughs> sorry, don't do that. <laughs> no, please,
2: good lord. Um there are many people that already talk about this. It's not like we're going to be the first right. people to do so, and I think that they have bigger fish to fry personally, but I I know this is not directly cuz because Cop Gangs is not directly a missing person story or an exploitate an exploited person story, but it kind of is. Yeah. There's it's really kind of intertwined in a lot of ways. And so Anyway, this Cory Polka situation is in the news, but cop gangs in LA have been prevalent since the 1970s. Now, there's obviously a risk of corruption in every form of policing because it's a, a position of power. And so many proved cover ups have happened in small town and rural America to cover up crime's sake. Like. So, simply because the handful of cops in a small town can sometimes they themselves become a gang. Uh, they just don't normally name themselves and create mascots and shit, which is what the LA cop gangs do. Yeah,
3: and they have friends in the big cities. I mean, if you're police force, you're sort of a part of a big tree with lots
2: of other branches. I will say though, the other side of that is that some of the small town cop units. Are so removed Mm. that they get away with shit because they're the little lords of their town and it takes the sheriffs or FBI or state federal people to come in and then they see all this shit happening. It's been covered a lot. It's not like just made up stories that that has been like people who have been arrested. There's been crimes that have had to have like the feds come in because there'll only be like 10 cops in the whole area and they all... Might all be scumbags,
3: right? But is it like Mayberry where they don't carry guns?
2: Mm, no, I mean, like the, a lot of the ones that I've watched or listened or, or, or I've seen covered, it's they Mayberry. have a lot of guns. They have right. a lot of guns. They love guns out there. Um. Anyway, in LA though, it's a little bit different. Um, but this is happening everywhere, which is why I want to kind of cover it because it's not just Los. An- it's not just Angelenos who are like at risk of this. Um, You know, also within New York, the union heads are really the gang leaders, but they don't specifically have the same regional, like quadrant based traditional gangs. They're just more like union bullies, kind of. It's really so funny, actually, to me, how much of a mirror it is of the difference between New York and L.A. stunt communities. (laughs) It's like so similar to the way the cops are set up, which is like New York is all gristle no-nonsense union men. Right, drinking
3: hot coffee out of a cup. Yeah, Yeah.
2: and L.A. stunt people are more polished and just have to add a little more flair to everything, you know? It's like the L.A. cop gangs are like that, too, where they have logos and, like, like mascots and shit, names. Oh, right, drinking, like, cold brew with some oat milk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, They have initiation tattoos, like, all that shit. What?! Yeah. L.A. cops have initiation tattoos? The gangs do. The very noted gangs. Yeah. So this is not a new worry. Um, It's becoming shown, though, in a different light, thanks to social media and activism like BLM and stuff like that. In fact, the newly appointed sheriff of L.A., whose name is Robert Luna, ran his campaign on, quote, breaking up cop gangs. How is he still alive? Well, I don't know if he's actually doing it. I don't know. if, But it's so crazy to me that it's such a known fact that there are gangs in the cop and uh, in, in the sheriff's deputies that they somebody could just run a campaign about it. I had never heard of this, Natalie. The way it gets so glossed over by police is that they suggest that they're not denying they exist, but they say they're just clubs <laughs> and cliques. This is complete nonsense. So... A few things that have come out in recent time. There was a report that came out called 50 Years of Deputies Gangs in the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. And it was it came out in 2021. And it was done by a bunch of law students at the LMU Loyola Law School. Is that how you say it? Loyola. What's
3: LMU? I feel like I've been so removed from the South for so long. I don't know how to say some of these words, but I've heard of
2: Loyola. Wait no, oh, Loyola. See, I know that word from sweatshirts. Right, <laughs> that's how I recognize that word. Which, Loyola, by the way, oh wait, no, Loyola. Oh no, this is this is an L.A. Loyola, Loyola Marymount University. So that is a Jesuit Marymount research. It's a research university in Los Angeles, and they have a law school. Wow. Okay, there we go. I truly only knew that word Loyola from. People wearing sweatshirts for sports.
3: I thought it was New Orleans. It sounds like New Orleans, kind of, I some think they reason. have something Loyola.
2: Loyola. What is, the meat? what is Loyola? I don't know. Somebody tell me. <laughs> um, so this report was put together by... Uh, but I, I believe it's eight different law students in 2021 and I'd like to go deeper into this report on an episode this seems to have sparked or at least affected this whole report being done seem to have affected a special report being put together in just 2023 so there's this thing called the sheriff Civilian oversight Commission and everything I saw and read up on said it was created in 2016. But it apparently has not been successful at penetrating these gangs. So the Sheriff's Civilian Oversight Commission is what it sounds like. It is civilians. And we've actually talked about these kind of commissions before, but it's usually in relation to Canada. So we actually just brought one up uh, on the missing uh, trans and genderqueer trans people episode because um, – Canada had put together a civilian commission to make better choices for missing trans people. We also, I believe, talked about it in season one during the Highway of Tears series where they had an outward commission of people talking about how they could better serve the indigenous community. But this is the first time I've we've talked about one that is in America and this is in Los Angeles. So the idea sounds great, right? Right. They put it together in 2016, and the Sheriff's Civilian Oversight Commission is supposed to help police corruption. So it didn't seem to be doing a lot when it started in 2016. But then this new guy, like I said, Robert Luna, he ran on the idea that he would crack down on gangs inside the police force and stuff. And he just got in 2022. So it really just only goes to show you how lawless the sheriff's department can be that They need to find they need to, like, have sheriffs trying to stop sheriffs from committing crimes. Um, So this this year, the Civilian Oversight Commission put out a report that has gotten some coverage. And I really want to talk about that, too, more for farther in depth uh, on an episode of about cop gangs. As the title suggests, it is a group of non-police who are investigating conduct. As opposed to the whole cop writing what happened and other cops sounding, going like, oh, that sounds chill. You know what I mean? So this is like a different form of trying to over have oversight on what cops do on the okay. job.
3: I like the idea of civilians doing it. Mm-hmm. And I hopefully they don't take money from the police. Because if you're taking money from them, then it's like, oh, yeah, we found that they are not guilty. I Keep the money coming.
2: The, I think that this is not that. I do think that this sounds legit. It's just really whether or not cops will do anything with this information. Mm. So the people who put this special report together are all like completely out of the realm of policing. And it's like 24 different people. So it would be really tricky for them to be paid off. Also, like they don't really have... It seems like people who are all very big in activism and really want to change police. So if that makes I bet the cops mean. hate them. Well, they don't love it. Uh, but they should if if there are cops who don't like that, they should not be cops because all of are saying is like, we don't want you to commit crimes. Yeah, go be a P.E. teacher or something.
3: Yeah, I, I bet don't they know have what a great time as a P.E. teacher. Just yelling.
2: Yeah. Climb the rope. Do me some ups Yeah, maybe they would. You That's can yell need. at people all day. It's like when Regina George found lacrosse. Mean Girls, anyone? <laughs> right. All right. So in both the law students report and also the special counsel's findings, there were many indications that groups of cops fell under the legal definition of, quote, gang activity. They, the gang names are as corny as West Side Story, but also a lot more violent. They include the executioners. What? The, the banditos, the regulators, the Spartans, the gladiators, the cowboys, and the reapers just to name a few oh fuck that
3: i mean i could see like being a cop it's got to be really hard long hours and you got some buddies there and you're like let's all have a name oh we're the we're the tops or whatever. <laughs> the bottoms. We're the bottoms. <laughs> we're the squirters. We're... But you know, and then you have some like camaraderie, but like We're the thick ropes. <laughs> um. But at what part is like when is it just like, hey, we're like a club and when is it a gang?
2: Well, it, all of the names sound like people who murder people. You the know, what executioners? I mean? Literally are called I'm killing the people who kill people club. Um, it's like that shit too that we saw a lot during the, um, the like the activists like stuff going on over COVID. All of those cops wearing the Punisher skull things. It's a bunch of dudes, mostly some women, but a lot of dudes who are just excited to hurt people. Like they just are. I don't know what else to say. They're they're thrilled to be paid to hurt people, God. whether they deserve it or not. Is it like
3: their life is so bad that they only think hurt? I need to make people come down to me? Is it
2: that it? Or yeah, I they think just... it's like impotence. I think their dad, they, you know, probably didn't love them or their dad's abandoned them and they blame their moms for it and they hate women because they can't look at their dad in the face and right. say that my dad was a deadbeat. Am I talking about Andrew Tate? I am. <laughs> um, so this, that's just a handful of the gang names. There's more. Um, and they're generally accused of Violence, cover-ups, and general corruption. We've talked about this in, in smaller doses before, like when we were talking about the twenty-three pipeline. There's a lot of cops who get away with like hurting sex workers and things like that. This is a concerted effort of people who actively work together to hurt people. Um, so, is it possible? I'm bringing this all up. Is it possible that Joseph M. Benza III was was or is part of a cop gang? I don't have any evidence to show that one way or the other, but the way that multiple people seem to work in tandem to fuck over Emmett Brock is suspicious to me, to say the very least. Oh, yes. Yeah. Three counts. But speaking of Emmett, not only that, beyond him still facing misdemeanor charges, which Thomas Beck, his attorney, and Emmett are going to fight those as well, but they're bringing a civil suit to the station because the bullshit didn't end there when a person in general, commits a crime of sexual nature or assaults a minor, the police are required to report this to the person's place of work, right? Especially if that person works with minors. That makes sense. Yeah. And that is what they're supposed to do legally. It's only those crimes. There was no duty to report this incident, and yet they did. Oh, because he was trans, and they were like, they considered it some sort of sexual deviancy no no what my point of bringing that up in the first place is that no no such crime even if you believed that Emmett was starting this fight none of those things happened they had no duty to report this incident to his employer but the station went out of its way to find and contact Emmett's school and tell them that their employee was facing felony charges They had no reason to do that unless that crime was like a sex crime or something. And guess what them calling the school resulted in? Him losing his job, which is exactly what they wanted. These animals are so petty and vindictive that they chose to use their position to eradicate a young man's future because he gave one cop the finger while passing in a car. And that's what I would call fascism. Yes. Um. There is no other explanation as to why they did that. They called and reported. He was not a threat to the school. He was not a threat to the children. No. They chose to seek out his employer and tell them he had felony charges with no explanation about the situation. What is the school going to do? Of course they're going to fire him.
3: Yeah. And you could sit back and be like, well, I guess he shouldn't have done that. But when does it stop? When does the power stop? They're going to come after you next. I know this is like, oh, that's that liberal trans person over there. It can't bother me.
2: Yes, it can. They didn't even know he was trans when this all happened. Again, like the whole trans issue came whenever he was getting booked. So, yeah, it can happen to anybody. You are allowed to give somebody the finger. Is it recommended? Probably not, because you don't know if anybody's a loose cannon. However, that shouldn't be cause for a cop to do all of this you lose your job
3: and your life and
2: your health yeah you it makes sense if you tell somebody don't give people the finger because you don't know if somebody's like crazy and gonna hurt you you shouldn't have to say don't give a cop the finger because he might be able to get away with crimes against you that shouldn't be a thing that we say to each other
3: what if a cop is having a bad day and just like thought something and been like oh i guess i can just like slam you down and take away your life
2: Which is what happened. I mean, truly, that's what happened. I can't see it any other way. Um, So this is all to say we will most certainly be donating to Emmett's legal fund on GoFundMe. Um, And if you have a dollar or two, please feel free to do the same. I personally have gotten backed up on social media, but I'm catching up this week, I promise. And I'll provide a link to his GoFundMe there. I've also worked on setting up a dedicated talk corner at my house because even though I fucking hate TikTok, I know it's an effective tool to get information out. And I promise you I'm going to be posting on the Spawn account. I mean,
3: TikTok radicalized a lot of people, especially during 2020 when we were all locked in our houses. It's, it's helped me see a lot of things, especially with... You know, both good and bad. Both good and bad. Yeah, there's for sure there's information out there, and sometimes I do feel like my mom that goes on Facebook
2: and is <laughs> like, "I believe it." You know? Did you see what Barack Obama did today? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, yes. I think that it's made some people um, lose their minds, but I do think that there is effective information sharing as well, and it does help whenever you want to do things like. Um, Report on police's actions. Then yeah. you have people to talk about it on on socials. But it's why I
3: won't get off of. I should get off of Twitter. I do limit my screen time, maybe one hour a day max, because mm-hmm. it's a tool of information, mm-hmm. and I want to see what people are talking about. I don't know what. What are you talking about?
2: Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, X. Oh, you mean X? Oh Oh my God! Okay, absolutely. X. (laughs) Have you guys heard about X?
3: (laughs) I feel like that kind of guy like peaked in two thousand six. Oh, you think? (laughs) (laughs) And like has a barbed wire tattoo around his arm and like spiky hair.
2: Yeah, no, he's definitely be my butterfly. Sugar, baby. It's Ooh. like that guy. X. X. Tie you to the bed, boss. Oh, my God. So cool. do you like that guy? He's yes, got his cock so pierced. Whole, which was always fun. <laughs> right. Um, no offense to anybody, but that was a definitely thing I came across several times in my 2000s. I never found it personally thrilling for me. No,
3: um, I never really dated a whole lot in the 2000s. Not even now.
2: Hmm. You're not missing too much, baby. Okay. I'm just vibing. I'm having a good time. Yeah, I love that for you. Love fucking vibing. Um, yeah. So we will uh see you guys hopefully on Twitch or come back next time if you just wanna hear our beautiful lilting voices. That's
3: right. And send us a gift card at
2: 470' <laughs> Tell us we're pretty. <laughs> Saucy Port and Gracie, I'm Natalie Jean. Amber Nelson. Bye.
5: This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy.
1: Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day, or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets.